Genesis chapter number 26, verse number 1. The Bible said, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed uh, I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in all thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statues, and my laws. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord. Thank you for another privilege to be in your house once again. Thank you for my church family, Lord, and uh, their faithfulness to your house, Lord, and uh, Lord, their uh, intention, Lord, being in God's house to hear from you, hear from your word. And I pray, Lord, you would uh, meet that need tonight, fulfill that desire. And God, we would leave this place knowing we'd heard from heaven. God, speak to our hearts. Lord, you've already spoke to my heart on this topic tonight, this study. I pray, God, you would do the same for the congregation tonight. Lord, don't leave me to myself. And Lord, for a little while, let us glean from you and leave better than when we came. I love you, Lord, and I praise you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You might be seated. We're continuing tonight our study on theophanies. And these theophanies are physical, bodily appearances of God to man. And I've said this each week, and I wish to say it again. Uh, theophanies or Christophanies are uh, no source of any presumed contradiction because the Bible said in John 1.18, uh, no man hath seen God at any time. And uh, to clarify, we understand that God the Father has no physical, visible body. So who made these appearances? I've said it and I'll say it again. It was the pre-incarnate Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I've said repetitiously now, uh, these theophanies or Christophanies, these uh, pre-incarnate appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ, further prove the eternal existence of the Godhead. I, I won't labor long on this tonight, but there are those who believe Jesus began in Mary's womb. There are those who believe that his life began in the manger. Uh, there are some believe along those lines that uh, Jesus was only God for a certain amount of time and then the Christ Spirit came on him at the baptism and when he died on the cross, the Christ Spirit came off of him. Uh, I'm here to report to you tonight uh, from the foundation of the world before the wor world was, before there was an Adam, before there was an Eve, before there was a you, before there was a me, always has, always been. The Lord Jesus Christ has existed existed, has existed, will exist, and, and he ain't going anywhere. Amen. Uh, in Genesis 1, 26, it said, let us, us make man in our image. I believe uh, from the foundation of the world, and as, as always has been, always will be in eternity where time is no subject. Uh, there's been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And these accounts, these theophanies, these Christophanies further prove that. Amen. But as I've said, and I must say again, these theophanies or Christophanies, they are things of 
the past. Amen. Uh, if I were to lay down tonight and see a six foot tall green Jesus in the corner, I might believe it as tired as I am, but hey man, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is we, th- th- that doesn't work that any way anymore. There are things of the past. Why? Because the Holy Ghost of God lives in believers to speak and minister today. Jesus has already come and died, and the next time He comes, He's coming for the church. And then the next time He comes after that, He's coming back to uh, whoop the Antichrist. Hallelujah. And He's coming to save the Jews. Hallelujah. That, that's when we'll see peace in Jerusalem, by the way. And uh, we have also we have a copy of the Word of God. And uh, we, we mentioned this in Sunday school a month or so ago now. And uh, the, the Sunday school lesson prompted it. Why did God speak to Joseph in dreams? And why, why was there visions? And why was there trances? And why did this dream mean something? And why does my dream not mean anything now? The truth of the matter is God spoke in dreams and in trances and visions in the Bible because the people in the Bible that received those visions, they received those dreams, they experienced those trances, they didn't have a completed copy of the Word of God. But you and I have the complete revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we don't need any extra biblical source. Hallelujah. We got the Holy Ghost and we got the Bible and that's all we need. Got to throw something out. I, I, I stopped mentioning this to somebody this past week. Uh, and Mormonism came up and said, yeah, the, the, the Mormons aren't allowed to drink caffeine. That is the truth. They're not, they're not supposed to drink caffeine. But that don't come from the Book of Mormon. It don't come from the Bible. It didn't even come from Joseph Smith. What they believe is they have ongoing prophets, and they just keep adding to the prophecy year through year. And that's one of, the, one of their prophets was against caffeine. So now everybody's got to be a caffeine I'm glad my, my faith ain't built on some man. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. That didn't cost you anything. So we're looking at tonight. We looked at the theophany in the garden. We looked at the three theophanies with Abraham. And tonight I want to look at the theophany, the first theophany uh, regarding Isaac. And I'll go and spoil it to you. God appears to Isaac on two separate instances in this chapter Alone. But we see in verse number two, the Bible said, And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. And we'll follow the same, the same styles I have on each of the other occurrences. When the Lord appeared unto Isaac, and we're making application, we're addressing what happened when the Lord appeared to Isaac, but we're making application to what we can do when the Lord visits us, though not bodily, but we can take away from these accounts and apply them to our life. So when the Lord appeared unto Isaac, he was full, he, talking about God, he was fully aware of what was going on and what had happened in the past. Look at verse 1. And there was a famine in the land. God knew that when he visited Isaac, there was a famine. But not just any famine. Notice what the Bible said. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. You say, Brother Jacob, what are you pointing out here? When God appeared unto Isaac, God knew what was going on. He had no, knew what, was, what had gone on. He said, what was that important? I'm glad that uh, in the life of the child of God, y'all ought to rejoice in this. I, I do. But the truth of the matter is this. is this doesn't matter what's going on or what has gone on. God knows all about it. and He knows exactly where you're at and exactly what you need. Why did God come see him in a famine? Because Isaac needed some help in a famine. Can I say when we get in a famine, we get in a drought, we get in a fire, we get in a storm, we might need a little something God comes by. Aren't you glad he's a God who's on time every time? We need him. 
Hallelujah. That didn't cost nothing. Praise the Lord. He was fully aware of what was going on and what had happened. He knew exactly where Isaac was. And I say tonight to you, he knows where you are. And he knows what you're facing. Aren't you glad of that tonight? Amen. You ever been dumped into a situation and get something kind of sprung on you? And you're like, whoa, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of unnerves you. Like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this. I'm glad that that's never happened with our Lord. Amen. Uh, there's never been anything sprung on him because he knows everything. Hallelujah. Amen. When the Lord appeared unto Isaac, we see according to verse 2, a warning was given. What was the warning? The Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. And it goes on to continue that thought. But the very first thing God said when he appeared was, Go not down into Egypt. A warning was given. Out of all the things in the world, Brother George, God could have said to Isaac, He tells him not to go to Egypt. If that's the very first thing he said, Brother David, I, I do dare say that it's very important for us to take heedance uh, uh, to that claim, that warning, that instruction. Do not go down into Egypt. There's importance about that, that, that instruction. How does that apply to us? Do not go down to Egypt. Can I say it like this? It's don't make a bad situation worse. Mm -hmm. that's right. There's a famine. Famine in the land. Brother Ed, God said, there's a famine. That's bad. If you go down to Egypt, all it's going to do is make it worse. Can I tell you, when, when life gets shaky, don't go down to Egypt. Amen. All it's going to do is make it worse. Amen. I'm sure we've all uh, had experiences or we've all watched somebody uh, be in a bad situation and then they make a bad choice on top of that and they make a bad situation worse. Can I tell you, well, that's one of those things we can learn by example, not by experience. Amen. Amen. Well, you got to get your own scars. Yeah, I didn't have to get whooped for the same things my brother and sister did. Hey, Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't make a bad situation worse. Going to Egypt almost always leads to trouble. There's only two instances I can think of off the top of my head when it wasn't a bad thing. You want to hear them? Uh, when when uh, Joseph told his father and his brethren and all their family to go down into the land of Goshen, that was a command of God to preserve them in the midst of fam in the midst of uh, the, the the five remaining years of famine. And the other instances would be in Matthew chapter number two, when God told Joseph, a different Joseph, told Joseph to take the babe and his mother down to Egypt. That babe was Jesus. Why did God want? Jesus and Mary and Joseph go down to Egypt because, uh, oh yeah, because uh, Herod was trying to kill Jesus. The only time you go to Egypt was when God tells you to go to Egypt and any other time God's telling you not to go to Egypt. Say it one more time. Unless God tells you to go to Egypt, His answer is don't go to Egypt. That's real deep theology, but it's, it's true. It almost always leads to trouble, excluding the instance with Joseph and his family and Joseph and his family. Amen. Amen. Don't go down to Egypt. It only make things worse. When the Lord appeared unto Isaac, not only did God know what was going on and had gone on, not only was a warning given, but according to verse number 3, we see an alternative was provided. Sojourn in this land. And I will bless thee, and will bless, and I will I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham, Abraham thy father. Don't you love that God? It's God's instructions. It's not don't 
But sometimes it's do. Don't go to Egypt. Well, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Sojourn right where you are. It it wouldn't be very kind of God to say, all right, don't do that. And then, what am I supposed to do? When we instruct our children, when we instruct our children, Brother Ed, we tell them what not to do, and then we follow it up with what to do. Don't behave that way. Behave this way. Now, I'll be honest with you. If we do that, and God didn't do that, we would be better parents than God. But God does the very same thing. We just follow His pattern. I'm going to throw something at you. I was hoping to uh, converse, uh, just throw this out with some people this afternoon, but I'm just going to throw it out right here, right now. I preached out of Psalm 66 at the assisted living today. And right there in the middle of that, to come and hear uh, what the Lord's done. Um, and God being extolled or being magnified with his tongue. Right in the midst of that, it, it tells that very popular verse, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he shall not hear me. But the Bible doesn't end with a period there. It ends with a colon. And it says, and yet ver- but verily he hath heard me. And I had somebody walk up to me after my lake. They said, now, 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 Brother Jacob, I said, I want to ask you about that because I, I, thought, we, I thought we had to, you know, we got we, we to get right before God helps us. And I really thought about it. I really thought, y'all, please hear me out on this. This is a fact. So you can just either accept the fact or reject the fact, okay? The entire Word of God is inspired. Amen. It's the inspired and erred, infallible Word of God. But just because it's inspired doesn't mean it's everything it says is right. You say, Brother Jacob... Job's friends. God records what Job's friends said and everything they said was wrong. The psalmist assumed that God would not hear him, but he said, he didn't end the verse, he said, but God heard me. He said, God's not going to hear me. And then he's praising God. He heard me. And you, and I, Brother Jacob, I thought you, you got to get right, get right. And this is, I, I threw this out at Miss Mason. She, I don't know if she's paying attention to me or not. If you weren't, this is on you, I guess. I just threw this out there. That would be like one of our children being bad, be hateful, and then they step into a fire ant mound, and they say, Mama, Daddy, so you got to apologize first. You got to apologize. I'll get you out of there in a minute. Apologize. Miss Ginger, if we wouldn't do that, you think God does that? I don't know. I know people say it a lot, but this make, that makes sense to y'all. I'm burning alive. I'm drowning. Well, ask forgiveness first. No, if we wouldn't do that to our children, why would you think God would do that to His? You just think on that, chew on that a little bit. But God told them, gave them an alternative. I'm glad God's got an alternative. Don't go the way of the world, go the way of God. I'm glad there's an alternative. Don't go to hell, we'll go to heaven. Don't follow sin, follow... I'm glad, Brother Dave, aren't you glad God gives us an alternative? Don't go to, don't go to Egypt, but sojourn here. Sojourn here. What Isaac needed to hear was heard. What needed to be said was said. Sojourn. Stay right where you are. Do what you're doing. Hold on tight. You'll survive the famine. What God said here, what was already been promised, was repeated. Uh, providence, uh, providing guidance and encouragement. He tells them, sojourn here. 
And if, you, if you'll obey my voice, I'm going to be with you. I will bless you. I'm going to uh, bless you and your seed. I'm going to give all these. You hear the prosperity God's promising Isaac if he would just obey the voice of God, take his alternative. The world tells us there's no option. But I'm telling you, if you're a child of God, there's always an option. Well, I just had to go the way of the world. No, you don't. It's sure, as long as there's a God in heaven, Miss Ginger, there is going to be a back door to sin. Hallelujah for his people. I just had to do it. No, you didn't. You didn't have to do it. God always makes a way of us. He's always got an alternative. He's always got a better way. He's got a way for us to bypass sin, bypass trouble, and bypass sorrow. What had already been promised was repeated. It gave him guidance and encouragement. I don't know about y'all. I've got to speak about the Holy Ghost just for a moment tonight. I'm glad some, I mentioned this last week or uh, weeks gone by in this very study, but I got to mention again. I'm thankful for the times the Holy Ghost of God comes by. Brother Jim, it reminds me of a verse I've heard a thousand times, but I just needed to hear again. The verse, Brother George, the verse you needed exactly when you needed it. It seems like God tailor made the verse just for you, and God lets you hear it again right where you're at. God knows what's going on. Verse 4. It goes on saying, I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. We know what that's talking about. But through Isaac would come Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. This is no different than, uh, than in the departing words of Jacob telling Judah that the scepter would not depart out of his hand. Uh, the same thing saying here, all, all the nations of the earth going to be blessed. This is what... God is telling Isaac here what he told Abraham in chapter number 12. He God told Abraham in chapter Abram rather in chapter number 12 that through Abraham all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now look at verse 4. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Here's what I want to point out here. When the Lord appeared unto Isaac, assurance was personal. Personal. God's assurance is not this, brother. I hope this works in everybody's mind like it did in my mind. It's not to say, God's going to take care of y'all. It's God's going to take care of me too. God took care of their families. No, no, no. He can take care of my family. It's not just the fact that he was the God of my daddy. He's my God too. They don't just say the God of Abraham. They say the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Y'all hearing me tonight? I'm glad he's not just mom and daddy's God. He can be your God too. And I'm glad he didn't sit and walk with them. He can walk with you. I'm glad he walked with those that have gone before and those that will be behind us. But I'm glad he can walk with us. I'm glad, Miss Susie, he, he's held others' hands. I'm glad he can hold my hand too. And when the Lord appears, you'll know that. It'll be personal. The blessing of God did not just belong to his father Abraham. They belonged to Isaac too. I'm glad this book's encouraged others, but I'm glad this book can encourage me. This book and its truth have brought a lot of people through dark times, but I'm glad this book and its truth can guide me through dark times. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Assurance was personal. He's not just a God that assures others. He's a God that will assure you too. Verse 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. When the Lord appeared unto Isaac, the key to spiritual prosperity was mentioned. And 
a godly example was mentioned, brought up. When the Lord appears, it's going to be real plain for us to know the right way from the wrong way. When the Lord shows up, Brother George, what he tells us is crystal clear. There is no uh, vagueness to it. It's very clear. The Lord appears and we find, obey my voice. Keep my charge. Keep my commandments. Keep my statutes. Keep my laws. I don't know about y'all. This is real simple, but yet real deep because a lot of people can't get a hold of it. Brother David, you know how you have spiritual prosperity? It's just obey God. Amen. Jesus said, he that heareth me and keepeth my words. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love him. How we prove we love him? By hear his words and keep them. Yeah. It's, it's real. This is foreign in a modern Christian, but the truth is, you know what a Christian is? It's someone who takes what the Bible says and they do it. Yeah. They do it. Uh, me and the HVAC man, Keith, we were talking the other day. I didn't know he was a minister of some sort, Brother Ed. I didn't know that, but now I know that. We, we had a good conversation the other day talking. And he said, he said, Pastor, I want to talk to you about the Great Commission. And I was like, okay, well, that, that conversation going to win anyways. And he said, uh, the Bible tells us, you know, teach the whole world. Teaching, you know, uh, go into all the world and, you know, teach them all. And by teaching them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I mean, he said, he said, he said the Bible says that. He said, why aren't people doing it? And I gave him a real quick answer. He said, I like that. He, I don't know if he's going to steal it. He might have used it in Bible college that night. I'm not sure, Brother Ed. But I said, the truth of the matter is about the Great Commission is either people, number one, they don't believe it or they don't care. Right. And you say, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty strong. But that's not just about the Great Commission. It's about every part of the Bible. They either don't believe it or they don't care. People today run around saying they're born again children of God, but yet they're spiritually anemic, spiritual babes. I, I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to be ugly or hateful tonight, but the Bible does talk about the sincere milk of the word being babes in Christ. And thank God for the babes in Christ. We want to nurture them and help them grow. But the truth of the matter, you've been saved ten, five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. You shouldn't still be drinking a spiritual bottle. Come on, grow up. The key to spiritual prosperity is just to do it. Just follow the Lord. Amen. But in that we see a godly example was brought up. A godly example was mentioned. Please hear me out on this, okay? Don't cut me short. Do it. Here's the command. Here, here's what happens when the Lord shows up. We're going to note it. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. But in that we see, do it like those that have seen the Lord before did it. Now, I'm not saying do it Abraham's way. I'm saying do, do God's way the way Abraham did it. And you say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. It's always right to follow God. Can I get amen right there? It's always right to follow God. Heard someone recently say that if they opposed, if they did not partake in sin, they would be judging people. If I don't get in with it, I'll be judging somebody. That is the most moronic yes, thing I've heard a presumed Christian say. Right. If I don't get in on it, they'll think I'm judging them. Have you lost your mind? I'm, I'm, I'm being serious tonight. Do right. Follow God. Who cares what the opposition may say? You do right. You say, well, make them feel bad. It'll make you feel worse for going against God to go their way. Go God's way. It's always right to follow God. Bone says, and it can be right to follow others if they have or are genuinely following the Lord. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? Philippians 3 17, Paul instructing the church of Philippi, he highlights this very fact. 
He says, be followers not of God or of Christ, to be followers of me. Paul didn't say follow God, follow Christ. He said follow me. Why can't he tell people to follow him? Because he knew he was following God. Right. Hey, the truth of the matter is this. Here's the reality. Some people say they're following God and they're not. Another thing me and Keith talked about the other day, Brother Ed, was this. And he said, uh, we're talking about ch- train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he's not depart from him. He said, well, here was a big problem with that. We was talking about discipleship, blah, blah, blah. We was having that conversation. And I said, well, the truth of the matter is, is a lot of people, they quote that verse and they're like, they turned out wrong. No, no. I trained them and they just turned out wrong. No, the reality is they obviously didn't get trained. That's right. They didn't get trained. They didn't get trained. The same way, well, follow me. I can't follow you. Why not? You say you're following, but you ain't following. You're doing completely backwards what he said do. And you may do it in Jesus' name, but if you're doing backwards what he says, I can't follow you. And I can't. There's a lot of preachers today. They're, they're leading their congregations, leading churches, leading movements, and they're saying, follow me. And there, people are just following them uh, wholeheartedly like they are the very Messiah. But the truth is, they're not even following the Messiah. Amen. I hurry. Paul said, follow me. And a good word to look up is the word ensample. E-N-S-A-M-P-L-E. Ensample. Not example. Ensample. That's the Bible word. Follow me. Use me as an ensample. I'm the example. I'm the one. I'm exemplifying what it is to be a Christian. Wow, what a testimony that is. Two things point out here and I'm moving on. We need to thank God for those who have and do exemplify being a Christian. Aren't you got some godly influences you could follow and pattern your life after? Thanks be unto God. I'm thankful for the people who put a fire in me to study the Word of God and have a relationship with Him and be sensitive to Him and to seek Him above all. I'm thankful for that instruction in my life. People pointing me the right way. But also, we need to ask God to help us. Help us what? To be the same for others. That's a challenge tonight. Lastly, and I'm done. When the Lord appears, look what verse 9 tells us. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And how, how saidest thou she is my sister? Notice what Isaac said. And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Lest I die for her. We find a similar instance of what Isaac did, what, just what his father Abraham did. When they went into a foreign territory, they told the story that their wives were their sisters to preserve their lives. It didn't work out for Abraham, and it wasn't going to work out for Isaac. Because their mind, if I, they know she's my wife, they'll kill me and take her. But as soon as they say that she was their sister, they came and took her. The only difference is they were still alive. When the Lord appears, here's something we see here. Here's something we see. When the Lord appears, as it was then, as it is now, cowardice is reject is unacceptable. What do you mean, Brother Jacob? We got so many people running around today, and they are frightened Christian. They are terrified. They are petrified. So what do you mean, Brother Jacob? They're so afraid of the world, and the world's so big. And in their mind, the way they portray Brother George is God is so small. I'm afraid. 
We ought to have that same mentality that a child does with their parent. With their parent, I, I I've mentioned this before, and I'm mentioning now. I mentioned something else, but um, I, I never thought about sharks being in the Gulf of Mexico until I had kids. I, I just, at least I've been in the Gulf of Mexico, brother George. I was with my dad, and we would go. We would get in a deep sea fishing boat. We'd go miles and miles and miles offshore. You couldn't. If was a boat sank, I didn't know which direction to swim. No, I couldn't swim that deep water anyway. Never had a single reservation about a shark, not a fear, because I knew Dad would take care of me. You know, with me. But now that I'm now that my dad's not there and I'm the dad that's supposed to be protecting, I'm looking for sharks, scanning. I'm looking for bad situations. I'm being the protector now. But as a child, I, and Mama, Dad was larger than life. He's the hero. That's what everybody should think their dad is, right? But when the spiritual realm, we Instead of trusting our big father, we're looking for all the pitfalls and the dangers and the heartaches. I just thought about this. My pastor told a story of uh, taking his family. I guess it was the Disney. And uh, his second oldest daughter, she was a little girl then. And they went through some, some, some ride. And it was a real dark scene. And they were just talking, talking, talking. And when they got to the dark spot, he just, Mr. Jenner, he purposely stopped talking. Made no sounds, made no motion. She said, Dad, he didn't say anything. Dad, he didn't say anything. He just wanted to see what she would do in total darkness. She called his name. He didn't say anything. And she, Brother Ed, she reached over and she felt Brother Toby's hand. She said, oh, Dad, I'm glad you're here. It's too dark for a little girl to be here all alone. And the truth of the matter is it may be dark. It may be scary. But if the Lord's there, we're not supposed to be afraid because we're... You're not trusting yourself, you're trusting Amen. Him. Amen. Cowardice is unacceptable. Amen. You say, well, it's good, there's a good fear. There is a good fear. But when in the realm of spirituality, things may make us nervous, things may make us shaky, but all that can be pushed off when we transfer it over to the Lord. Brother Ed, when we, we, we transfer it to Him and we stop worrying, we're saying, God, I trust you with this. I trust you with the surgery. I trust you with the disease. I trust you with the situation. I trust you with the trouble. Are y'all hearing me tonight? When God appears, we shouldn't be frightened. And you say, what's the big deal? God had already promised Isaac all that he promised him, and then he had to lie to try to make things better for himself. But God already said he's going to take care of them. God already had plans. Same way with Abraham. Why did he lie? Why did the other Bible characters, why did they lie? They're trying to make it better and, and always scheming, scheming, scheming. God already made His promises and proclaimed His plans. Don't you leave Him alone and just trust Him. He's going to take care of us. Same way He took care of Isaac. We should not be afraid uh, of unsettling situations because God has given us His Word. He'll provide for us. He'll protect us. He has plans for us. God is going to take care of His people. Amen. And we see that when the Lord appeared. I'm done preaching tonight. Thank you, church, for your attention.